0: You're listening to Were You Still Talking? All right, so I'll start about here. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Were You Still Talking? again, and this is Joel Albrecht once again in my Zoom studio today. Still, sorry folks, we have... Jeffrey Bryan. Jeffrey is another person, just like last week with the AI expert. Jeffrey has an extremely long resume. He's an actor, producer, musician, currently plays keyboards for a band you may have heard of called Survivor. They have had uh, oh, somewhere between 5 and 10 top 10 hits in the 80s, and they have survived uh, all this time. If you, I looked them up on Wikipedia, and it was... Pretty amazing. I think they were trying to go the Pink Floyd path. Uh, If you know Pink Floyd, you might know what I'm talking about. That's kind of an obscure reference to, but the, (laughs) the band's been few. It's been through some stuff. Jeffrey's been in the band since 2017, I believe, if Wikipedia is correct. And he also, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. He also was the original Karate Kid. I was no, in the original. No, run. he was in I the original the karate. karate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it
1: was we'd all be talking based Cobra on the Kai his... right now. That's <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so uh we're gonna talk a little bit about that. What it was like being in the the karate kid, the good one. The good, the 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 original, the beginning the of it one. all. The only one. Exactly. Yeah, that <laughs> that's my opinion too. So yeah, Jeffrey, uh, thanks for coming on. Welcome to the program. Yeah, Joel. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. So let's uh, yeah, let's jump right in at the at the beginning. Um, it's not the beginning, but a long time ago, a few years back, you were a very young actor in the Hollywood where you grew up, and you got a part in the Karate Kid, the 1984 it, Karate Kid. That's I right. I was trying to okay, 1984. So I was. That's when just it was released. Of, that's yeah. when it was released. Just out of high school, I'd probably taken at least one <clears throat> karate class at that time. I, I liked. You know, I was a big fan of the original. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, more, yeah. more for the um, Moriarty's character probably than than anything. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that guy, Mr. You know, Miyagi. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi, uh, an amazing yeah. actor, and uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Only we, recently, we... only recently learned that he knew no karate when he filmed that movie, which yeah. really shocked me.
2: Well, no, I mean, you know, that's that would be kind of. Uh, um, I mean, a little bit, you know, uh, uh, stereotypical to assume that he knew karate just because he was Japanese, <laughs> you know. Or, or oh, I didn't mean you know.
0: it that way. I, I <laughs> wasn't. It was because he was playing. These days, when someone plays a yeah. a karate, you know, teacher, they right, right. generally are experts. Like they've they've you know yeah, been yeah. In, done well, done karate
2: for twenty years. Actually, actually, to clean that up just so i can clean that up so it's a little understandable uh they were looking for uh, a more authentic i mean we're jumping all over here but uh, you know this isn't the beginning but they just since you brought patrick pat morita up mm-hmm. uh he was a comedian you know he he wasn't uh he wasn't in martial arts and they were actually looking for a martial artist actor like a bruce lee or or a chuck norris type guy uh and so it was difficult for him to get that part they 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 weren't they weren't uh they weren't sold that he was the right, right, the right guy. He, I, I, I understand he auditioned five times for that role. Well,
0: as much as I am a fan of um, Bruce Lee and I have seen Chuck Norris, I'm really glad that he got the part. Uh, uh, you know, well, he, I mean, he brought. Because I would rather completely... see a, Just, I'd rather see an actor doing that. You know, it. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Well, he brought a sensibility and a dimension to the to the character that those other ones that we mentioned wouldn't wouldn't have been able to do so I, in the end they made they made a great decision and he won an Oscar for it so I mean obviously the decision was was the best one
0: yeah so I guess and, it worked out all right for them yeah, and I, and
2: you can't really imagine another person in that role anyway right you know and that just proves just yeah. how in, you know how just that image is burned in your brain and you just can't can't remake karate Kid without Mr. You know my you know Pat Morita doing Mr. Miyagi. Just well, we'll more. get into that in a minute, but yeah. yeah, actually, <laughs> actually this, n- this podcast is not about Pat Morita, believe it or not. It is not. <laughs>
0: but how did you uh, how did you get into that? Like, were you um, yeah. auditioning for all kinds of things in, at that but, time? Uh, or uh, were... At that time,
2: yeah, I was. But honestly, it wasn't a plan. It wasn't. Uh, I was. I was sort of winging it. Uh, I wasn't an actor, to be honest. I was a musician. I've been a musician my whole life. That's, that's how I identify myself even back when I was 13. I, I was singing. And that was my, um, my, my weapon of choice was singing, you know, my instrument. And uh, I uh, was basically just p- pursuing uh, things that would get me in front of people being in bands and performing and being in shows and doing you know I do open mics I do whatever I could singer songwriter stuff and I was in a show called uh, Too Young for Primetime Players that I kind of stumbled into one night at an open mic uh, at the Laugh Stop on Ventura Boulevard and uh, one of the producers of that, this show I had no idea existed uh, said you'd be great for our show and, and they they'd put shows on at the Roxy and the laptop, it it alternated. The, the the Roxy's on Sunset, for those that don't know, uh, which would be very few, I would think, that would know where that was. <laughs> it's
0: hard to say. No. I, I it's a very famous
2: place. I lived in L.A. for 11 years, so I know, yeah. know the yeah. area pretty it's, well. It, it's a very famous, you know, it's, it's the famous Roxy on Sunset Boulevard. And it was not a children's show place. Um, is that you? It's a yeah, that was me. Was uh, Zoom oh, okay. just
0: advertised to me. Zoom just oh. popped up a window, so it it might have glitched out. How entertaining! So, uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> we'll be right back after uh, after these important <laughs> messages from Zoom. Uh, so, anyhow, I I uh, I I said, okay, yeah, I'll do this show. I, I got it was a variety show. It was basically kids, and all these kids were younger than me. I was about sixteen, and so I was like the old guy, and. Um, I was coming in as a singer and I ended up writing for the show and producing songs for some of the other kids and and that's sort of just kind of getting my feet wet doing that. And, uh, you know, that was my my gig, so to speak. And every Sunday we'd put on these matinee shows for birthday parties for other kids. And uh, it was very unusual and um, it got the attention of of the media a little bit. And so they, uh, I guess somehow, someone from the Merv Griffin show Wanted to do a segment on it, and they invited uh, a a few of the few of the performers, me included, to come on the Mer Griffin show and, and perform what we do in the show, which was you know just songs. You know, Our, I wanted to sing my own song, you know, sixteen. I, I, I was writing, of course, and uh, they wouldn't let me perform my own song because it wasn't something they that they, they, they could clear in publishing. <laughs> so I had to pick from a list of songs. It was kind oh of bizarre. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. for those was, of
0: you who don't know, the Merv Griffin show was like The Tonight oh. Show a long time ago when some of us were younger.
2: Yeah, if, we don't need to go into that. For those three It was young just viewers. a variety show. <laughs> it was very similar to Johnny Carson. He was sort of the, the counterpart part to Johnny Carson. Right. There was Johnny Carson and there was Merv Griffin. Those were two big uh, talk show moguls at the time and um so i did this show and all these kids that were in this show were like actors most of them you know Mm -hmm. they were performers actors and they were all had their stage moms and trying to push them into the business and stuff and i just was getting experience performing every week and i did this for a year or two i mean i got so much experience every week being on a major stage performing uh you can't beat that you can't get that in a classroom you know so um it was very valuable to me and then um Somebody had seen me from the Merv Griffin show and suggested that I, uh, that they get me an agent. And I'm like, an agent for what? You know, uh, uh-huh. music? Uh-huh. And they're like, no, acting. And I guess because I look young and I was just about, you know, not far from being 18, and they figured if they can get me in the business early, then by the time I'm 18, I could still play 14 and 15 year old kids, which would be, um, you know, better for, you know, it's, it's cheaper for them, for the studios if they hire uh, an actor that can play a, someone that's underage. So um, I went out on these interviews. I wasn't really all that interested in it. I just was doing it because here's an opportunity. I don't know what this is about. It wasn't very comfortable for me. I never studied acting. I didn't even know how to memorize my lines. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, But I, I landed a feature film and it wasn't Karate
1: Kid, <laughs> it was
2: it was Hot Moves, believe it or not. Uh, a, a movie called Hot Moves, which you can find on YouTube these days. And uh, as I've said in the past, you know, I, I can't give you back your 90 minutes. If uh, if you watch it, it's on you. <laughs> it was one of those porkies kinda, you know, let's get laid before our senior year kinda thing. Uh-huh. Um, but I starred in that movie, and that was my first experience in the movie biz. And so I had a little bit of a resume, and they were sending me out on stuff. And one day I got uh, a call to meet with uh, John Avildsen, the director of Rocky, and um, he was working on a movie called The Karate Kid. And uh, they gave me the part. It was two. It was a two-week part, so there wasn't a lot of acting involved. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, this is great." And then when I uh, before I started my uh, my two weeks, they extended my contract for the, the entire um, four or five months of shooting. So I was I was involved from the very beginning, you know, from when they started shooting the movie to the very end to the wrap. And uh, I just don't um, I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of speaking roles in it. There just there were there were parts that were cut out. They I think they thought that they were going to um, have more interaction. With the main character, uh, you know, Daniel LaRusso was going to, you know, get to know some of the kids in the neighborhood. And it really, in 90 minutes, it's hard to tell that much of a story. They had to get on with it. So they, they ended up, I'd come back every day to, to my dressing room and there was all kinds of redacted lines and redacted scenes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of scenes were in the script that didn't get shot. Some that got shot that never made it. Uh, in the end, um, you know, I had a very small part but uh, not from a perspective of an 18-year-old i was there the whole time and it right. was right right grueling at times cuz i was like i want to work i want to work and i wasn't
0: yeah that's the movie business it's really it, it can be difficult um, i actually had a friend that was in uh, one of the big vietnam movies and he was part of the platoon in this movie and he had speaking he had a speaking role and he had you know he had some interaction in the movie but he wasn't in it at all, and you know they went to like mm-hmm. I think it was the Philippines and were really beaten up uh, to do that, and not nope, not even in the movie. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Part it, of the oh business. wow, yeah,
2: yeah. It's you know here's the thing, I, I I really wasn't like at first that that really that interested, you know, in in um, in in the whole acting thing. It, it, it was just a means to you know maybe where will this lead me musically you know how can I maybe I'll meet some people maybe I'll do this it, there was no real uh it wasn't it didn't feel like a career move for me it just felt like right, a, right. a little bit of a diversion and honestly by the time the end of 1983 came around Karate Kid wrapped like in November or something um it was really tough to get another gig uh, that following year, before the movie came out, I didn't have a good reel of, of the, I had a great resume. You know, I, I had done a couple walk-ons and a couple TV shows and a few other things. And so I had a good resume. Obviously, I was hireable. But when it came to theatrical work, which is all I was interested I didn't care about commercials, um, you know, much to the chagrin of my uh, agency. They would preferred I, you know, because they want to make money. They, they don't right. care what you do. Right, and, right. Um, Yeah. So they didn't like the fact that I was, all I wanted to do was go out on theatrical roles and not, and I wasn't getting booked. And I think part of that was because, you know, at the time the 80s was very um, teenage, coming to age, teenage movie centric. You know, there were Fast Toms at Ridgemont High and High School USA and... Um, Porkies, and you know we can go on and on yeah, uh, yeah, by the time that year ended and those movies were made I think people were starting to move on from that genre a little bit I mean it had been done already you know and um, I wasn't getting roles and so by the time uh, 84, 85 rolled around I was still kind of Popping around, trying to be an actor, going, "What am I doing? <laughs> if I'm going to be broke, I might as well be broke doing what I love to do." And I needed to get back to music, and uh, so I, I, uh, I did that. But so that's the, how I—that's that's how I got into karate kid. Oh, okay,
0: yeah, that's a great story. And then, but your—I mean, really, your passion was always music. It was just kind of a side. The acting was a bit of
2: a sideline. Yeah, yeah, it was a, It was. It was an unexpected you know, fork in the road mm-hmm. that, um, you know, in, in 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 entertainment, in the music business, in the entertainment business, you know, it all is the same stuff. So you don't really say no. If someone's offering you movie roles or opportunities, you take them because you don't know where they're going to lead. Um, but no, I, I didn't have the skill set in my mind as an 18-year-old as say, had I had been studying acting or wanting to be an actor, you know, I, it really wasn't an interest of mine, you know. Right,
0: right. But you have studied music. Oh yeah. s- for a long, long, long time. I, I, you yeah. I mean, you took vocal <laughs> yeah. lessons for what ten years uh, from s- oh, yeah. some very I, I, prominent I, teachers, I, and yeah. uh, you don't you you produce, you play keyboards, you play guitar, you sing. Now, do you do do you are you able to do all those things with Survivor?
2: Uh, well, uh, I don't juggle. Okay, um, <laughs> I do because I'm a drummer. I don't know if you know that about yeah. Drummers. You probably can. Um, <laughs> uh, Survivor. Well, if you want to skip to Survivor, uh, no, I'm a keyboard player for Survivor. It was kind, uh, it was kind of
0: a leap, wasn't
2: it? Uh, yeah, it was I, a it was a cool segue, <laughs> I think. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I was curious. but there is a tie-in. But you no, know, no, you you actually did stumble uh, across something that is, I think, pretty interesting. Um, there's a connection between Survivor and Karate Kid. I heard that. I heard that well, in your explanation. Because yeah. you, the
0: director of Rocky was also the director for Karate Kid. Right. And I have the yeah.
2: tiger was Rocky Three. Is that right? Well, yeah, but he didn't... He didn't, okay, he didn't direct A little it. mixed up. Yeah, so the director for Karate... For Karate Kid was John mm-hmm. Avildsen, the the famous you, you know, uh, won an, won an Oscar for Rocky one. He didn't. Right. I don't think he was the director for Rocky three. Um, I don't think so either. The con- no, the connection before uh, uh, Survivor though was Survivor wrote the theme song, you know, the Big Eye of the Tiger for Rocky three. Right. But were also uh, asked to record the theme song for Karate Kid,
1: oh, the Moment really? of Truth
2: uh-huh yeah it it's on the soundtrack and it was used to promote the movie it's called the moment of truth and um you remember the moment of truth da, da,
1: da, da. probably oh yeah 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 <laughs> you, you look you look like you Prob- don't know it so probably. i thought i'd sing it <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway uh it was a big hit and uh you know um the point is is that i didn't know you know survivor then 30 something Mm -hmm. years ago i mean i knew them from from rock from uh, rocky three of course because that came out in 82 and so they already had a big hit and people knew who they were for the eye of the tiger and they you know they were included in 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 this soundtrack that was also you know had great artists in the soundtrack there were tons of people that and not just survivor but there were a lot of well-known artists at the time that were involved and um The thing is, is that uh, I I wasn't really that aware of that. But when I met them 30 something years later and now I'm being asked to to go out and perform with them, I did some some research and I noticed that the moment of truth, there's a video for it. And the video was used to promote the movie, of course, because it's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the video by virtue of being in some of the scenes in Karate Kid. So I'm 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 not only in the band now. I'm in I'm in one of their first vi- music That's videos. Am- <laughs> That's really amazing.
0: <laughs> it, well, it, it, like, it also it kind of speaks to how small Hollywood really is. You know, I guess it's, so, it's kind of a yeah. small town. A lot of people it, know. You know, you meet. It's people a crazy, all the time.
2: it's a crazy serendipitous, crazy connection. And I've had others with them through the years that weren't apparent to me until until I met them, until mm-hmm. I actually started working with them. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a bunch. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff I could tell you about Karate Kid and and Survivor and Jeff and and just like little. I'm sure it's not that different for other people too if they think about it. But they're... Um, it, it seems very uh, very interesting to me that that that. I never really strayed that far that far from my my youthful you know original um jobs, you know. I was right, kind of right. you know you're, 30 years later really I come right back to Karate Kid. Right. And with Cobra Kai <laughs> now. That's right. what's funny. Cobra Kai, I'm sure you're familiar with Cobra Kai on on Netflix. Oh yeah, I was going to ask you what you think when you think of that. I love It's very why good. You're not I love it. it. Uh-huh. I'm not in it. Um who knows? You never know. They might bring back the whole cast at one point. But I, I didn't have a big enough W- known enough role I think for them to uh, identify with me with anything but um, uh, w- w- the point I brought it up for was that I'm reconnecting with all my cast members from the original Karate Kid we've, we've talked and we you know, I haven't talked to some of these guys in 30 years You know, oh that's awesome uh, so uh, Frankie Avalon Jr. Uh-huh. a friend of mine and, and Israel Warby from the movie uh, there was a, a gang we called Freddy's gang in the movie Mm -hmm. There was a Cobra Kai, which were the karate dudes. And then there was this other group of kids that were not karate dudes. They were just guys, you know? And so there was Israel, myself, uh, Frankie Avalon Jr., Tom Fridley, and Ken Daly. And the five of us uh, had parts. I mean, we were his friend. We were, you know, egging him on to talk to Ali. We were playing soccer with him. We were doing all kinds of stuff. Some of it got in the movie. Most of it didn't. Anyway, um, so all those guys, you know, had parts in the movie as long as I did, but we don't know who they are. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, you'd have to really go wow. back and look at it and go, oh wait, there's more people here, that I keep seeing in these scenes, but I don't know why they're there. So and so, really, you didn't do any. The only people that did the karate
0: were uh, mainly the karate gang. Beating yeah, up, beating it, it up. was a
2: karate gang. It was the Cobra yeah. Kai. All the all the, the, Cobra the guys. Kai. I guess they were. You know, the seniors that, that uh, you know, were um, five or six or seven of them that were, uh, you know, had this little club that they would go to this dojo together, the same dojo, and they were being taught by the same evil dojo master. The, the evil dojo you know. master. That was the only yeah. part I didn't like about it because I was actually,
0: you know, in that time I was taking some martial arts, di- different times yeah. of my life. And their whole, that whole philosophy being the opposite of what, Actual martial martial arts philosophy right, was I was right. like
2: what what, they, what is this? no mercy but
0: yeah you know, this, that yeah, whole right. thing was like this is strike crazy, first but, no mercy all that stuff all that stuff yeah. it's like one but of my favorite one of my that favorite was po- teachings was your best weapon it's what's on your feet turn and run <laughs> <laughs>
2: right turn and run it's a last resort to have to use your karate exactly. supposedly. It's still um, a good movie though. It's still a,
0: a really enjoyable movie.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean you, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't have worked without an evil dojo master, but how did yeah. how did he become you know, how would you know, how would he would have become that to begin with? Because right. it's such a, a gentle sport in in yeah. some Well, ways. obviously
0: he was abused as a child. Yeah. Right? And he that had a must Vietnam. A well, no, something. he had a Vietnam connection. And oh that there, was it. There
2: was the the PSTD. Right. And uh, you know, he he had some issues. He was a neurologically messed up dude and the
0: other the kid kind of turns around at the end right well yeah he kind of See, sees the that it's wrong yeah
2: well you know come on you sense guy. that you're being pushed in the wrong direction and this can't be right right but you know i don't know if you want to get into this but there's a whole folklore of myth uh, mythos on the internet about how you know daniel Larusso was the bad guy
1: for, uh, trying no, I, girl, of, for trying to steal well, his girl, for trying to steal his girlfriend, oh. and just, and it's
2: like, come on, really? But you know <laughs> what's like, interesting <laughs> is that with the new karate, with the new Cobra Kai, uh-huh. they've been able to take some of those ideas and go, well, who are these people? You know, and because it's a series that runs for you know multiple times, you know, it's it's a series, three years. They're in I'm working on a fourth season now. Oh wow. Um, so they're able to really get into these characters, and you find out that there is no bad or good guys. They're, they, 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 they—they're just people. Some are damaged more than others. You know,
0: that's great. That's that's a that's not that's a great uh, you know area to to focus on or to to learn more about these guys. I like yeah, that. Yeah. that. that's cool.
2: Yeah, but but bringing it back to me for a minute uh, regarding regarding Karate Kid is that it it how I tied in is that, uh, you know it, Karate Kid has was kind of is a great movie and it, and through the years it always had uh, a longevity and it, it became sort of iconic in the way that i the tiger was for um you know for the rocky series and and now we're at a point where koba kai comes back with such a force that it's awakened all of these other karate kid people I know and stuff. So I mean my my it's a full circle. I'm I'm in the band that was in the, the 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 trailer of the movie and now I'm uh you know I'm seeing people I know on Cobra Kai and it's it's very cool. It's
0: like wow. That is cool. I it's really awesome that you're reconnecting with people. That's always fun.
2: Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. weird how life kind of made a complete circle in a way. Mhm. You know. That's wild. Yeah. And
0: absolutely. Well, for me, so, I mean, you know. But you, since the original Karate Kid, you've pretty much worked as in music all that time, right? You've worked. Yeah, exclusively. You, yeah. Exclusively. Yeah. yeah. So how did you then get um, hooked up with Survivor? How did that come about? <laughs>
2: how did you? Well, how, that I don't. How did they I, hire I don't, I don't have a good story for this one. Oh right, <laughs> it's. I'm going to be honest. It. I mean, I've been honest, but this is the honest truth. Is I got an email. That's it. That's it. I was just hanging out in my studio, and beep. I get an email, and it's from. I have no idea who it's from. It's one sentence. Would you be interested in playing keyboards for Survivor? Not even signed. And you opened it, a, or you didn't think well, it was like fake or something? Well, it looked like it looked like someone from a music. Company. Oh, okay. So obviously okay. it got my attention. And then I looked at the email and it came from Irving Azoff's office. So I knew it had to be from somebody that was something, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it, but I honestly was very hesitant because I was like, I, I don't know these guys. I don't know how they got a hold of me. I don't know what that's all about. Um, you got to remember though, I mean, I, I've been playing in LA for a hundred 50 years or so. I mean, I've been playing (laughs) everywhere. Every, every club you can think of everything from the Roxy to the whiskey to, you know, Viper Room. I mean, you you know, I've been playing forever here. And so, I mean, I know lots of musicians that, um, in fact, the keyboard player that I replaced uh, from Karate Karate Kid, from Survivor. (laughs) uh, uh, He, I actually knew him. I mean, I I didn't, we weren't friends, but he, he's friends with tons of people I know. And it's a small circle of musicians that, I know, right? So it, yeah, yeah. you know when I, I just didn't realize that I was that, you know, in in that closely related to this, to, to someone that was in the band. So it, it could have come from a, mi- a, a myriad of different places. It could have come from another musician suggesting me, or maybe they found me, uh, you know, on some of the work I've done for TV and film work, or who knows? I, I have no idea. That's but interesting it, w- that you didn't, what you didn't great, even know. What a yeah. What no, a great. no. I mean, my my main thrust for the past good 10, 15 years has been I I, I I'm a am ai wanted to tour more, I wanted to play more, um, you know I, I I do a lot of studio stuff, uh, obviously, and and um, I I write and you know have published stuff. So I just as a keyboard player, it, it was still I'm still hungry to to uh, travel and perform, and uh, so hooking up with a national act like Survivor was was perfect you know it's great oh that's yeah
0: that's awesome and that i that actually brings up a question i was really curious about uh because i've done a little bit of touring and i you know i've played in 150 bands and uh, so i'm yeah, wondering I, bef- <laughs> I know the feeling uh, yeah i'm sure <laughs> sure you know um I uh yeah I moved up here cuz I figured I could be a struggling musician anywhere. I didn't have Yeah, to, right, It right. <laughs> didn't you got your be pick, in of, LA. pick of the world pretty <laughs> anywhere much. Anywhere in the world you <laughs> can be a struggling musician, doesn't matter. Uh and I thought well if I'm going to tour, uh it doesn't matter where I start from and I actually did tour. Uh I mean I drove around with a band. You go out I wouldn't with? call it tour, just a, a a small a country band playing Oh, cool! Playing the big clubs that are left. I didn't know there was clubs like that left in the world, but um, we just toured all the like local five states, this area, and um, oh, nice! I did that way back in the '80s when I f- was first playing drums. I went out with a hair band and we did cover music, and we had our PA was ridiculous. It wouldn't even fit in this room, it, you know, <laughs> and a and like a PA, a light system, all brought on our backs, basically. Set wow. everything up and play for five days. And the clubs were, I mean, they some of them were 500 people, you know, um, or more. Wow. Just these massive wow. clubs. So I didn't think these existed. Yeah. Yeah. Hairband days. Yeah, hairband days. Played played Whitesnake and yeah. <laughs> all of, you know. Very cool. Uh, Guns N' Roses and probably played. I'm pretty sure I played a Survivor song. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine probably. we didn't play I, yeah. Survivor at that time. Yeah, Well, uh, Survivor wasn't any really of considered those a, a heavy metal band, but. Yeah. Well, you've yeah. got to play, every, you know, when you have five sets, you got to you play everything. Yeah, so, yeah that's yeah. true. We yeah. looked like a hair band, but we played whatever people wanted to hear that day. And uh, so when I went out with this country band um, 20 years later, I was shocked that some of those clubs still exist. Um, but they're all country now at, at that time. Oh, really? And, yeah. Because, you know, it, it was modern, modern country. I'm doing air quotes for those who don't watch Which videos. Which is
2: actually just... Regular rock <laughs> for a drummer
0: it's the oh, same it's the same damn it's the thing. same <laughs> thing. What's the difference? You've got your violin and you've got an accent that's or or, you know, or, or, and or the, a pedal steel and a pedal steel, or just an yes. amazing country guitar player. I mean that was right you know the the okay. I was always shocked by how good the people on the tracks were. I shouldn't have been shocked you know, but uh all these different songs Nashville. I was learning I was always like, holy crap, these people are they're monsters, and you know but Everyone's known forever that Glenn Campbell was one of the best guitar players in history, so oh, yeah. I shouldn't have been surprised, <laughs> yeah. you know, like uh, Tom Paisley and uh, oh, all, this, all, all these, those guys, yes, yeah, whoa, yeah. amazing players, yeah, yeah. So that was that was my last touring experience, but what I wondered was where, where do you guys, well, before in the before mm-hmm. times, where would you before guys, before COVID, play? you mean, yeah, you yeah. mean, oh, before okay. the. Yeah, well, where would Survivor the, go? Like would the, you the be hired by Chic or or No, the,
2: well, that could happen. Uh-huh. Uh no, I mean where don't we play is really that we play everywhere, every state. You know, I mean we play state fairs, we play casinos, we play big theaters and we're usually touring with, you know, Rick Springfield or Loverboy or um Foreigner uh you know, so yeah. I mean these, oh, I don't everybody- know if, I mean I, I i don't know if you're aware of this but um the era the 80s eras uh, bands like uh Ario speedwagon and night ranger and sticks and and go on and on all those bands is, is a huge business and they're constantly on the road those guys are sticks probably did 150 shows in 19 in 2019 yeah. you know um, yeah. i wish survivor did that many i mean we we don't come that close to that many but um but we'll do double bills with a lot of these guys. And so yeah, sometimes the shows are huge. I mean, we've mm-hmm. played Speedways in the middle of Iowa, you know, um, where there's, you know, thirty thousand seats. You know, I'm not saying they're all filled, but there's thirty thousand seats. But they're I've played yeah. to a lot of seats. <laughs> 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 I know that. No, that <laughs> yeah. But but we've we've yeah, and and you'll you'll be surprised there's a whole um it's a whole business based around uh barbecues and and festivals and car shows and they hire they hire uh well known acts to play them so yeah there's a big it's a big there's a big circuit i guess yeah
0: i guess i do see that because when i see like i um i'm a pilot not a current pilot but i know how to fly and uh, so I love oh, I love cool. air shows, and every air show, they usually hire a pretty big band like that, and some of the air usually, show, yeah, yeah, they yeah. usually hire somebody really big. And um, the Lane, the fair here in Eugene, Lane County Fair, uh, every single artist you mentioned has played that fair, you know, Loverboy, yeah, REO, yeah. all these guys. So I, Survivor might have played there oh, um, have. over the Oh, they have. I years. think we played,
2: yeah, yeah th- I think in 2017, uh, 2016 they were in Eugene. Yeah okay. Or, or, I, it yeah. seemed
0: seemed like they probably were. They probably yeah. came through, and um, so and we play up yeah. and
2: down the. Uh, we we haven't been in the since I've been in the band. We haven't done too much on the California coast, to my much to my disappointment, because uh, I'm constantly flying. They're not because they're in the Midwest, so oh, they're in Chicago. They are, okay. Yeah. They're oh, a Chicago right, band. Right. And uh, you know, so you know, depending on how they feel, where how far they want to go. I mean, they really have the luxury of just picking and choosing what they want to do, um, and I'm just, you know, here's your plane ticket. See you there. You know, I mean, it's not like I'm I'm asked to, to decide what we're gonna play, <laughs> right? So right, yeah. So so you know, they play a lot uh, in the Midwest, but uh, we played up in Washington and um, Bellingham area, and we, you know, uh, Oregon, mm-hmm. and um, we've gone, you know, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Uh, Oklahoma and everywhere. I mean, just t- Texas. You know, it. Uh, I f- I feel like a politician. You know, it's in every state. <laughs> <laughs> so it's mostly not, not, fly- in this, not in this election, though. <laughs> not a, yeah, Thank
0: God. So it's mostly flyouts. You don't. You're not doing bus tours. You're not. You're no, not I mean they do much. do them. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know, th- they, they 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 do. But the last um, in 2019, it was all flyouts. You know, it's, it's, and and it's it's rigorous to be honest, because um, uh, you know, a lot of times we'll play uh a weekend, and we'll do a Friday Saturday, and they're in different parts of the country. Oh wow! You know. Oh so okay. We'll do we'll it's, do a show in in Illinois, and then fly to Connecticut, or or fly to you know St. Louis or whatever, um, the next day. So I mean, you know, it's it's wham bam. And I am—I'm uh, kind of a gear
0: nerd, so I'm curious. You take all that. You are you responsible for all that gear when well, you go, or, or I'm, do you I'm just...
2: responsible for playing it? <laughs> okay, so
0: but it's there, so it's there for <laughs> it's you. It's my gear, though. Yeah. It's your okay. It's, it's,
2: it's my gear, but but but, but we uh, we have a um, we have a road crew. Okay, so they they uh, they everywhere we go domestically. They travel um, by truck, mm-hmm. and the band flies. So we get there uh, after they do. Oh, okay. You know? And and I've got my B three uh, with my my one twenty two, and nice. I've, I've got um, you know I've got uh, I got my I got uh, well this is my motif, and I, I have another rig out in my playroom out there for other bands that I'm in that uh-huh. i uh, I have a mirrored uh, rig that. Uh, they have in Chicago that I have here so I can work on, on things and when I show up I just stick the USB plug in and change the patches and I'm ready to go. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: But it is, but no, so you have a mixture of old and new. You have, or is it, mo- like, what's, what's your gear? You know, what's your favorite stuff?
2: Well, My favorite stuff is my vintage gear. Uh-huh. I record with it and, and every opportunity that I can, I try, I opt for a real instrument. You know, be I have it, I have, a, I have Three different types of organs. I have my Hammond. It's a B2, but it's been modified to be a B3. So okay. I got a B3, but I also have, uh, which I don't use very often, the B3 because it's too heavy and I need a crew. So if I'm not traveling with a crew and it ain't going anywhere, it's 400 pounds. I'm not right. going to stick it in the back of my Prius. No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would, I would love to. I will try. Hey, my, my drums would fit. So <laughs> I,
0: yeah. l- I love that your um, your keyboard doesn't. I could put a whole drum, <laughs> drum set in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, a B3 would not. Yeah, probably uh, not.
2: But but um, I also have a Hammond SK2 which is um, you know, a a clone uh, type of organ and I have uh something from this Italian company uh um, called a DMC 122 which is also similar to a Hammond but it's very mediable. I can I can use any any draw bar to control a patch or a sound or anything. So it's sort of a, an Oregon MIDI controller, which is really very cool. I use that a lot. And then I, I'm, I'm kinda old school with when it comes to my pianos. Uh, I've stuck with uh, older motifs and my S90ESs. I have two of them, because I, I just like the way they sound, and, and uh, I don't think that the newer keyboards are offering better piano sounds, they're just offering more.
0: Oh, you know? okay, that's interesting. Yeah.
2: yeah, The the sample technology hasn't really changed in 10, 15 years. Nothing yeah, because I'm not sure I mean, where it would go. I mean, right? Exactly. It's, I mean, you're already at the highest fidelity do? you can have. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can, I guess you can give me wooden keys and charge me an extra $5,500 for it or whatever, but uh, it's really not going to make that much of a difference. And so, um, but I have my Wurlitzer uh, 200A out there and I've got um, my Rhodes 73. So I, you know, that's the stuff I like, Sweet. but I don't. I yeah. don't get to. I don't get to tour with them as often, uh, you know, because you know they're heavy, and even bands that are used to those that gear like Survivor, um, as the years have progressed, they they opt for the lighter stuff too, because it's easier on the on the road crew, you know. That's good.
0: That's yeah. those guys work. But hard.
2: every you know every every time I every time I can I push for the B three the real deal because mm-hmm. nothing sounds like it right. Nothing. Nothing, and it just looks it's awesome. True. It, it, looks it also awesome.
0: doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, have you got? Have you done any of the like every other band in America is doing? Have you done any of the Zoom concerts, which I still can't no. figure out how they do? Uh, okay, uh, for, I it wish took we me. Would. A, it took me a long time to figure mm. out how in the world can they be going live over something like Zoom and all be playing together? And they're uh, not. They're not. I know. I. I find yeah. I finally connected. Well, they're just taping yeah. it to a track yeah. and, and then they're, they're putting it together. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, there was one I can't remember who was playing, but it wasn't even. It was a track from an album. Um, I think it was the Rolling Stones. They were playing to an album track. Oh yeah. Like it was pretty obvious it was the original track, and I was like, okay, now I get it.
1: That's easier, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so well, odd. no, I mean,
2: I've I've seen um, Neil Finn, you know, Crowder House, and a bunch mm-hmm. of them, you know, do it live together. Um, and I've seen them do it, uh, you know, separately as well. But they're not playing to tracks; they're actually playing the tracks. But they're they're they they recorded their parts separately.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know that too. I've yeah. seen that. I've seen right. more of that. Um, yeah, because you know, I no, guess, I would yeah, most of the people I've seen live. It's them in a it's them in an acoustic, or it's them and yeah, a so couple I, other people in a room, and yeah, yeah,
2: that's where that's doable. I'm in other yeah. bands, so I mean, you know, the other bands I'm in. Excuse me, are um doing other things, you know. Survivor has got uh, a different attitude about it. I I don't know if I don't know um I don't know much to be honest. I I don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to jump back on the bandwagon when this thing's finally cleared or not. I I really don't, you know. Uh Oh, that's too bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, Frankie Sullivan, the guitar player, wrote Eye of the Tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's in the band and he's he's uh he's in his mid-60s. And um, that's not particularly old, but, you know, he, he's that's all he's ever done. You know, he's toured for 40 years, year, yeah, after, year after year after year after year. And I, I'm amazing. sure that he doesn't want to be forced not to play, but in some way I I would take the liberty of saying without his, you know, without him here to say it, is that it's probably a good opportunity for him to, to, to take a little bit of time off that he's mm-hmm. never done. Wow. You know? Oh, that's <clears throat> amazing. Because oh, it looked... Yeah, it looked like they had some
0: some periods where they weren't playing, but he's been playing the whole forty years concert. Yeah, he's
2: wow. he's the one he's the one common denominator from nineteen seventy eight when they started to
0: uh-huh. now. Amazing. Yeah, so I, is I is he the only? Show. Is he the only original member or? Well, are there? Uh,
2: y- uh, the short answer is yes. Okay, but there's another guy in the band. His name's Billy Ozello, He's the bass player. He's been playing with them since nineteen ninety four. Oh wow! Uh, okay. So and he's on he's on their last album in two thousand six. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call him an original member, but he's been in the band so long that. Uh, and you isn't know, the drummer
0: somebody's son from the band? Is yeah, right? it's Frankie's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Frank. Well, that's like Led yeah. Zeppelin. They're <laughs> they're playing huh? with Led Zeppelin plays with uh, oh, right. Jason Bottom right. all the time. yeah. yeah. Uh, not all well, the time Jason when they Bonham. play. Yeah. Jason yeah, bottom. yeah.
2: Jason. Jason's constantly doing uh, Zeppelin gigs, and, right. Or Zeppelin-ish stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's good. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the band is, and, and of course, you know, the lead singers, the second lead singer, Jimmy Jamison, the famous Jimmy Jamison. He's, you know, he passed away in 2014. So yeah. he's not there.
0: And that's, and I mean, that's really sad. I. What amazed me was that, from what I could gather.
2: There's a 25 year old
0: singing with the band now.
2: Yeah, Cameron Barton. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, but, he's he is amazing. He's he's really good. Uh-huh. Yeah, sounds great. I mean, you know, he's got the uh, youthfulness that the band, mu- the band's music needed. Right. You know, I mean, Dave Bickler's still alive and still going. He, you know, recently put out an album uh, of his own. Uh, but he's saying, you know, he was—he sang the first three albums with Survivor and the Eye of the Tiger, of course. Um, but he has a different kind of voice. He's—he doesn't have that Steve Perry, Jimmy Jameson thing going on. He's—he's uh-huh. he's got a different kind of kind of thing. And as he's gotten older, he—he he hasn't been um, able to uh, reach those stratosphere keys that that they uh, were originally in. And 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 I know that Frank wants to keep the band as as original as possible musically so you know he wanted a younger guy I guess I don't you see know. how
0: anyone can hit those keys as they age hit those notes yeah. it, it's a yeah. I mean Journey's the same thing they have a well he's oh, not they, they, they got yeah. a really young guy to come in who sounds exactly Arnaud. like Steve Perry
2: yeah but Arnold, I mean he they they also tuned down a half step
0: Oh they did to the, Oh okay. I didn't yeah. even realize. it yeah. still sounded we pretty don't. close to me. Of course all I'm 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 only listening to Steve Smith anyway if I listen to Journey. So Yeah.
2: Well then how do you feel if Steve <laughs> Smith's no longer with them? <laughs>
0: but he did play with them for uh recently for up a short time. until 2018. To, yeah. yeah up for a little yeah. time. So right. uh, no, I would rather
2: Steve Smith I would you know I would
0: rather funny, watch though, a Steve Smith uh gig at this point really a journey game cuz you know i think but i mean i don't know how you feel. as
2: a drummer i don't know how you feel about this but Steve smith seemed to got gotten soft as the years have gone um, well because he's played so much jazz yeah jazz he's not i know a and he's,
1: he's
0: approaching the, he was the never journey a rocker, stuff kind of so i noticed that too i saw i didn't yeah. see him live but i saw videos of it and it was i mean uh, it was Castranova, not the man you know i saw was killing it yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he's an amazing I, drummer as well. He, that he's guy's just and have him. you he's heard a him sing? I ha- I haven't. I'll have to check that out. Oh my God, he sounds he's like a Steve monster. Perry. Does he really? He sound yeah. Wow.
2: There, uh, um, uh, uh, I'm, thinking. Uh, um, Neil Sean has uh, has a band mm-hmm. uh, with with uh, Casanova and uh, and um, who was playing? Oh, it was Ross Val. Uh, not Ross Valerie. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Anyway, the keyboard player. Um, I, I've lost my. Uh, remember the old keyboard player that played uh, organ with them originally? I was
0: trying to remember his name earlier today.
2: I, yeah. c- I can't remember his name because I remember I everyone else from I'm, that band. I don't, I don't know, know why, why I'm like that. I'm thinking of Toto name. all of a sudden. I, I mean, but. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Uh, Jonathan Jonathan Cain replaced oh, him. Uh, yeah, but that no, wasn't Jonathan him. Cain. It wasn't it was, Jonathan he's another King. famous guy. He's uh-huh. another amazing keyboard player. Um, it'll come to me. Anyway, point is, is that he did this little. Uh, um, club gig, and it's on YouTube, and I forgot what he he called it. Um, but anyway, and it's basically they just do Journey songs, and you know the drummer is singing and he's killing it. I mean, it's just wow. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that w- I'll find I never, a link and I'll send it to you. It's yeah, you, you do, would dig it. You do. Would do it. it as a drummer, me. I I would think you'd you'd like that drummer. I'll put it in so the than, uh, yeah.
0: I'll put it in the show notes as well if people are curious. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah if cool. I find it.
2: Yeah,
0: that was always f- the fun part about living in LA is that you could see these people like that in clubs. I I would go to small clubs and see Vinnie Colaiuta and uh, oh you yeah know, all kinds of yeah. huge people and yeah uh, actually uh, Steve Perry was there watching
2: at one of those clubs checking it out and so that that's always yeah. fun yeah yeah I mean LA used to be a very cool place for that you could. You know, go to the troubadour and you know, rub shoulders with people and stuff. And it's gotten a little more um, through the years. Certainly, right before COVID, you know, the the scene here is not what it used to be. You know, Um, it's very tribute band oriented nowadays. Oh, even in L.A. Wow, because I know it is everywhere else. It's a big business. Every oh yeah, I I mean that's yeah, and and all of us musicians, even the ones that you know have gone on the road professionally like myself, you know, I, 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 you know, I've, I've been in those bands too. You know, they yeah. make money. Yeah. They make money and you get to play, you know, you, and you get, get to, to play. really, uh, yeah. you get to play in front of people because people want to see and fantasize about what it was like. And so if you got a good show, you know, people will come to see it. So, I mean, I, it's a business, you know, like oh, anything yeah. else.
0: Uh, one of the biggest bands in this area was a Pink Floyd tribute band for, Probably twenty years. I mean, I mean, they oh, yeah. could, you know, they could draw um, ten thousand people to their show in little old Eugene, right. uh, Eugene, Portland. You know, yeah. the I five corridor, and uh, they would put on the whole too. show. You know, they yeah. had a really nice light show and had yeah. the songs down. And so it's been, yeah,
2: it's been going on a while, definitely. Yeah. They, I mean, I did a, sh- I did a show just a couple of weeks ago at the Canyon Club parking lot show. Mm-hmm. With uh with Zeppelin uh with with the band Zeppelin, uh and and uh, you know so I mean there's there's just a there's, there's work there you yeah know? oh yeah and 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 and, and, and I fun. meet some very very talented guys uh-huh. I mean these these aren't slouches most do you remember the good one did you ever do you of remember? course yeah <laughs> they were they a friend were of mine was in that band who yeah? who's now um Doug Rappaport is guitar player he plays with uh, um what's his face uh, I always forget his name. Anyway, he he's the uh he's um um eh doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, Dred Zeppelin. Yes. That was
0: that was before it was uh popular to be in a in a uh tribute band, but they were awesome. I just remember though, they blew yeah, me they away. Were, it was they, like they were Well, they
2: were, well, doing they were it. so unique too cuz I mean yeah. they, they 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 weren't really doing Zeppelin exactly, you know, they were Right. they were doing sort of a reggae rock Zeppelin thing.
0: And they were so good at it. I don't know. It yeah. was just like, yeah. I didn't know Zeppelin could sound that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was great. I've always been curious when it went from, uh, you know, back when I started in these bands, they were called cover bands. I wonder wondering when it changed from cover band to tribute band.
2: Well, a cover band's not a tribute band. That's a oh, it's a very different band. Oh, that's interesting. It's a different business. It's a completely different business. <laughs> mm-hmm. A Cover band is, is just, you know, someone that's going to get hired to do a party or a bar or a gig and you can you know and sometimes a corporate gig might pay a lot you know uh, a couple thousand bucks or more Uh, you know it depends on the band and what they do Uh, you know so there's there's cover bands that cover the 80s cover uh, you know top 40 ton dance bands that's that's a different business tribute band is um, a, uh, a tribute to one band you know or one one artist you Know the Eagles, mm-hmm. that's all they do, and they do the an Eagle show as if it were the Eagles, and so it's a different business, it's a different animal. You that's know? interesting. I've never really added, a, I've never made that connection before because it, it
0: seems like a lot of different bands are called themselves tribute bands, but that um, now that makes more sense to me. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a tribute well, to the, a, the, a the show. bands I've been in,
2: the bands I've been involved with in LA. I mean, it's 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 a big business and it's mm-hmm. up there just no different than the national level in some some cases and some of these agents are very very um you know uh sought after to to because the bands the bands that i'm familiar with the ones that are are at the top of their their game mm-hmm. um they're phenomenal i mean there some of them are really really good right you know right yeah well, it makes sense. You know, like Kenny Metcalf from Elton. He does an Elton. Kenny Metcalf does a show. His name's Kenny Metcalf, but he does an Elton show. He's been doing it for twenty years. Wow! And uh, wow. it's amazing. Uh huh. It's an amazing show. And you know, they travel over the country. And I've I've got friends in that band, and and uh, they're they're just you know. So I mean, my point is is that there's there's been a business, a different. The business has changed. People have found ways to make money. It turns out that. Musicians learned very early on that no one wants to hear new music live, <laughs> right? <laughs> unless they're familiar oh yeah, with that's right. You know, yeah, right. Unless so they're from New York, have, is that what you said? No, from LA. Oh, uh, from LA. I'm I'm just saying, being in LA, I musicians have learned early on that you know, no one wants to hear your original shit unless they've heard it. Right. You know, and so unless you unless you have some amazing YouTube channel or some. You know something, you know a hit song. Uh, people, you know, they'll pay thirty, forty dollars a ticket to go see a Zeppelin replica uh, more than they'll see an original new band that they don't know. Oh yeah, you know, and that and yeah. that's never changed. Well, it, it has in the '70s and eight, early '80s. It has that that was different. People were more uh, interested in hearing something that they could tell their friends about. You know and being the first one to talk about it and say hey i just checked this band out you got to check them out they're amazing they they sound they blow away your favorite band you got to check them out no one does that anymore you know oh that's too they bad cuz it was
0: yeah. in the 90s it was still there was still a little of that you know there was still yeah. original bands that that's when i was there and there was still some of that um but but i know what you mean i was in a lot of original bands that you know no it, one would. No too. one cared. You know, no yeah. one cared to I mean, see it. Our friends was, thought it
2: was amazing, but you only have so many friends, right? You know? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I spent my whole, you know, most of my life in bands, mm-hmm. and most of them were my own. You know, just my own bands that I put together, and um, you know, unless 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 I got uh, an opportunity to do the theme song for Rocky's Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I you know who's going to hear my stuff? You know? Hear? Now, the internet is sort of the great equalizer, a little bit, and it. But unfortunately, although you can you can get people to uh, to your channel, and there's ways if you're adept in marketing and you can learn how to to work the the internet, so to speak, to your advantage. There is ways to to build a following without the aid of you know, high-end promotion and record companies, but it's also created so much artwork now, so much stuff that it's, um, we're inundated with, with a lot of mediocrity from the internet. Um, so yes, it's easier to make a name for yourself, but it's much harder to make a career because there's so much crap. There's, you know, right, every there's. Everybody and their grandma can now make a record in their house. Right. Is your grandma making records? My it's grandma's minus. not a, well. She could be, <laughs>
0: but see, I, you know, they would be very
2: uh, terrestrial type records, right? Well, yeah, they're very. Uh, I, <laughs> so I understand what might, you're saying. She they're, might. Be. M- my grandma probably w- probably would be making records right now. Maybe she is. I don't yeah,
0: know. maybe could be. But I know what you mean. They're so. And and the fact is, uh, as e- as easy as it is to make anything and throw it up on YouTube, I have found through a little bit of research that the people that get big on YouTube. Generally, work their butt off, just like the yeah. bands that got big in the '80s by touring right. it's, everywhere. It's, 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 they it's, work it, it, their it's just butt off.
2: Yeah, it's not you know, any different in in yeah. that respect. It, it's the medium has shifted, but the medium the, has uh, made it so anyone can do it. But that right. that person still has to be like really
0: dedicated if they're going to yeah. push it. In if some ways, I think it's harder. I yeah. think
2: it's it's harder for those people because. You know, um, record companies don't really want to do a damn thing, and you don't really need one if if you've done all the work. All you need is maybe a loan, a GoFundMe page, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm not really sure what what you if what what a record company is really going to do for you. in 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 the uh, in the earlier days, you know, the 70s and 80s, that was the path, right? You know, that you was You go it. out, you play, yeah. you build a following, and someone would come see you, and they'd be like, you know. Ha, sit down, have a cigar. You're gonna go far, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. To your Pink Floyd reference there, uh, you know. And nowadays, uh, people are like, "I don't need that. I don't even know what that is." You know, who cares? And it's just very different, very different world. Yeah, I, it is. I would imagine.
0: Um, it it kind of amazes me that record companies still exist in such a big way because yeah, you know, the really yeah. big artists, the Grammy artists, are all on labels still. And I, I'm always just kind of right. Like why? Why don't you just have your own yeah. deal? I mean, you know, your own management company could be doing everything that label does. But exactly. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Well, there
2: must be a benefit to it that that maybe I'm uh, not aware of. Yeah, know? there must there, be. Obviously, you know, I yeah. mean,
0: it's just not like um, the days that I was. We were struggling, hoping to get a record deal. It was. It was. Um, I mean, the label was the path at that time, but. Twenty or thirty bands would be signed, and and nothing would be done with them, and all the money would be poured into the two or three bands that were making money. So it, it was always right, a, a tough right. road, you know. Either, I have yeah,
2: I have had tons of friends that were signed that you would never know it. I mean, it wasn't exactly like. Uh, like they were living it, you know? right? <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, you were not gonna go visit. In fact, there. I was. I was signed at, uh A and M's publishing company, Almo Irving, mm-hmm. back in the nineties. I, I was a. I was a um, staff writer for AM. and M, um, it was right about the time when Polygram purchased uh, A Almo Irving, which was their publishing company, and then it became Rondor, which is Rondor today, um, and so. Uh, you know, yeah, I was I was on the label and I, I was doing my demos and recording for them and delivering my two or three songs a month, but when they when the hostile t- takeover came, they just cleaned the roster out and they were like, well, this guy's not got a hit, this guy doesn't have a hit, this guy doesn't have a hit. Adios. <laughs> it know? was yeah, that was a,
0: I actually worked in the mail room at A and M Records. And oh, cool! So it was—it was a fun on time la, on it was, La Brea. Yeah, on La Brea, yeah. and actually, I worked there when the riots happened. So, oh, 92. Yeah, so we went up on the roof, and you could see those riots oh, cool. coming. Yeah, like that—that's yeah. on fire. That's a ways off. Well, there's another one, but it's—it's it's closer. Well, there's another right. one. Hey, everyone, go home. Right, <laughs> that was right. Quite a time, but when um, so
2: I remember that day because I was I was in a rehearsal studio in uh, North Hollywood just oh, over the hill from just, you right right yeah. just right up and i lived in and watching it on the tv going uh should we
0: go home right <laughs> we, it, were, we were yeah, it was we were a block away horrible. from it where we lived because yeah. we lived right
2: off franklin so the right ever thought that we'd <sighs> get used to these things now yeah, I mean they're, no. they're not i'm not saying we're used to them but they, they're 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 happening with more frequency that they're happening with more frequency but
0: happen. it's amazing that people forget that they happened I mean, they, true. because yeah. of the news, the way the news is today, and because you have yeah. YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, it's like, this is just, oh my God, this has never happened before. We've never right. seen anything. Uh, yes, we I have, know. actually. Yeah. They, I know. We, we saw it in the 40s. We saw it in the 20s. We saw, you know, there, was, exactly. there were riots That's, to make unions. That's how unions came. But yeah, anyway yeah whatever we can get into that we, yeah that, that's a different <laughs> it's podcast. a music podcast <laughs> damn it this isn't anything Tonight, podcast but today we're talking music. i meant i meant today absolutely I meant today. Yes. <laughs> so anyway when a&m got taken over um i knew a lot of the people there so it was it was really sad like yeah the, yeah. the day that they were basically closing their doors um
2: yeah it was a Sad it was day. tough for me. I was on I was on the label. Yeah, and uh, I was on the, the shit end of it. Mm, yeah, and um, it was it was hard. It was a tough time. I was trying to make my bills. I you know I was finally had this great break. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was I I, be, I was performing in a band called The Reach at the time, and The Reach had a guitar player named Patrick Bolin in it, and Patrick Bolin was one of the guitar players for Pure Prairie League. So oh, awesome. I mean we're talking long time ago i remember and that, um yeah they, they 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 had a couple big hits mm-hmm. and um and so you know wh- here's here's an interesting survivor connection before i even knew them there was a recording studio you might be familiar with this uh since it's around that time frame it's a little earlier like 80 88 89 uh rumbo recorders do you remember that rumbo uh, i didn't know that one yeah, Brumbo yeah. was in Canoga Park. Okay, and they were off the beaten track. They weren't. They weren't near Sunset Sound and West Lake. You know, West Lake Audio and all those big studios. Um, they were uh, owned by uh, Daryl Dragon, and Daryl Dragon was um, the captain of Captain Taneel.
1: Oh, okay. I knew. And, I knew that yeah, name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And
2: and so he was an amazing keyboard player. I mean, this guy was phenomenal. And um, so he built this recording studio, and uh, at the time, it was all the rage. It was it had the state of the art, unbelievably beautiful recording studio in Canoga Park of all places. And so all the biggest acts were there. And David Bowie and Guns N' Roses recorded Appetite for Destruction there, and um, you know John Mellencamp was there. I mean everybody that was anybody was in L.A. at one point recorded at Rumble. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he became enamored with my band uh, through through a connection from the guitar player. And uh, so he gave us a tour of the studio and offered us, go ahead, record your demos here for free. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, he was just a really lovely guy. Uh, really, he died last year, um, sadly. Uh, but um, it turns out that Survivor recorded their third album there. Oh, and, okay, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> another connection. And, and around the same time period that I was working around the other artists to use the studio. So you know, it's like I told them, I said, I could have been coming out the front door while you were coming in. Right. I, I wouldn't have known, you know. And so, plus uh, I was in rehearsal with them when I first met them in, uh, you know, I was playing a part. It was a Wurlitzer part mm-hmm. on one of their songs. And uh, Frankie goes, you know who played that part on that record? I'm like, no. Nah. He goes, Daryl Dragon. He played on a ton oh, of their records. Oh, nice! Wow. Yeah, he, and so there's just wow. all these little weird connections. Right. But that that uh, that studio um, has fond memories for me. You know, uh, it's just a really cool piece of history.
0: Yeah, it's the same and with A and M Studios, um, which I, yeah, is that that's yeah. gone now, right?
2: I don't know is what's the in the. the there's a building there. there there's a I building. There. I, don't, I don't think. Th- yeah, there's yeah. no recording studio. You know, what's interesting, you go up two blocks and over, and Capitol Records is still there, and the old Capitol Records recording studio is still in full force. Oh, that's awesome. That's good to hear, because it was so yeah. sad
0: that a and I mean, I knew the, a lot of engineers there, and we could go in after hours. The, the, um, the up-and-coming engineers, you know, the people that were learning the biz could go yeah. in there and record. So we were able to go in a, with a band I was in at the time, and... Um, recorded A and M Studios, which was just uh, I know amazing. Yeah. It, you know what an amazing it, studio it,
2: it, it's got to be like the L.A. equivalent of Abbey Road. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, right. Yeah.
0: It was definitely that. I mean, they they because they um, Herb Alpert really knew his stuff. You know, and he yeah, yeah, it was he's he he the one that built
2: that. So he wanted it to right. be the best. And yeah, yeah, nice. Well, I have a lot of memories of of that of of that era, and you know, I grew up in the eighties. mm Mm-hmm you know and during the whole sunset strip thing and and all my bands playing at you know Madam Wong's and oh yeah and uh, the I China did. Club yeah. Uh, yeah have you really <laughs> yeah it's oh, yeah. so cool <laughs> uh, so remember places. the elevator you would take up to yes. the, to the it's a it was a chinese restaurant or something uh-huh. crazy place it was disgusting and there was some you other know,
0: I, club down in Santa Monica that was two stories and you'd play upstairs and oh, downstairs uh, yeah, uh, uh, Club Lounge Ray. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's oh, it. Well, What's Club Lounge was on. Club Lingerie was on Hollywood, was on Hollywood. Yeah. and wasn't that yeah.
2: owned by a Fagin brother? No, Fagin was owned by a, a, a Coconut Teaser. Was owned by Fagin. Coconut Teaser. That's what I'm Len thinking Fagin. of. Len Fagin, Len Fagin, who Teaser. passed away this year. Yes. Oh, he did. He oh, that's too yeah. Bad. I knew him really well. He booked my bands constantly. Oh, did he? With the Coconut Teaser. We yeah. well, he would book anyone. It was great. I played there a lot. Uh, yeah, you know. Sometime. Do you remember FM station? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah! Oh my God! <laughs> Filthy McNasty—he died too. Did too he really? Hungry. Yeah. Oh. I mean, he was. Well, I mean, you gotta remember, we, you we were, and me, we were probably twenty-five, right. and he was, you know, sixty. Yeah. Fifty. Yeah. You know, and that was four years old. ago. Yeah. I mean, even is John that what Connery happens because I haven't aged. Well, yeah, other people. <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That hurt, man. My favorite movie is, uh, you know, Hunt for Red October. That's and, an awesome uh, one. That was a yeah, scary. That movie I just is miss scary. Yeah. Scary yeah, movie, just a really Definitely. great movie. Yeah, um, but I didn't mean to change the subject because I, I, I really, uh, I really have a soft spot for, L.A. in in the, uh, the I would say the late '80s, mm-hmm. you know, um, just all those places. I mean, I, I just you know, I, well, you know,
0: c- it's interesting you mention that because I was curious. You know, I've all I hear I hear rumors about L.A. these days, and I kind of wanted to ask you because you're still living there. Is it is it, a are you feeling like maybe I should move on from there? Or are other people you know feeling that way? I mean... Funny you should ask. (laughs) Oh, really?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My wife and I have had this discussion about 8 billion times. We're trying to figure out if we leave, because if we leave L.A., I mean, we're, you know, obviously home prices and, you know, here are just, the, the cost for property here is just... Not even doesn't make any sense. It's still nuts, you know. In other words, yeah. Still you, nuts. I mean, if you want to live in any you know decent area, like say you want to live in Santa Monica, not far from the beach, you, a million dollars will buy you an outhouse with a door, maybe yeah. a door. You might get the door. I'm not sure they throw that in. And and you know, 900 grand for for seriously a a hot plate in a, a bathroom in a studio. You know, that's it. Wow. So uh, we're out in the, the burbs. You know, I live in uh, the Santa Clarita Valley, which is north of uh, the San Fernando Valley. We lived in Mission so, Hills. Yeah. Last, last, last place Hills I Hills lived and, there, yeah, yeah. Mission Hills. So, yeah. yeah, Mission Hills. Yeah, And uh, but the point is, is that the property here is starting to skyrocket. So we're trying to decide, you know, where could we go? I mean, if if I'm touring, it doesn't matter where I live you know um and and if i'm doing more soundtrack work and stuff it I, you know my studio goes with me it's it's not a big deal right but i right. i am still attached to a lot of a uh, big music community that um that's become kind of essential in my in in sort of my everyday you know working world and uh you know i know i know t- dozens and dozens of great musicians that i that i you know f- you know Con- constantly work with or I'm in bands with or do other things with and I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm a little nervous about you know if I left where would I go you know w- where to go I mean we thought about uh, Oregon mm-hmm. um, but you know the to answer your question yeah I mean I'm not sure you know I'm not sure I want to be that far from from a body of water you know I, I like being only an hour from the beach I'm an hour from and, the beach and, well, that's true. And and it's there you go. As a matter of fact. So, yeah, you are actually. Um so there's just things. And plus, you know, LA's got for me especially it's 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 very um it's home. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. You love right. it or hate it. You know, it's got its problems and, you know, mm-hmm. the, it's it's nuts here. I mean, I sometimes the decisions this city makes are completely mind-boggling. But um yeah. Uh, it, it's a. It's gonna ha- I'm gonna have to. We're gonna. We're gonna do something, and I just don't know what it is yet. And this isn't the year to make that decision. Right now, no. w- We're sitting and waiting. We're just gonna see what happens, because we're, you know, in our home, we're fine. Right. It's not like. Um, it's and not like we're being forced out. It's just right. we're. I'm. I'm. I'm concerned for the future. You know, as as uh, taxes may continue to go up, as business tr- struggle to get back online. You know, right. Back, you right. Know, back to normal. If there mm-hmm. is a normal anymore, uh, what's what's going to happen? You know, and, and you never want to make a big life decision if you don't have to in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or true something. enough.
0: Yeah, you know, I yeah. we had uh, me and my wife had a few plans like getting married in Vegas when this happened, like literally. Two really? days. We had reservations that we had to. I mean, everything shut down <laughs> a couple of days before we were gonna take off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I it's, know the feeling. So you'd be, not you'd be, not be more time. like an elope, You'd it's be a, more like eloping. Yeah, you'd be alone. It would be. Yeah. I mean, whew, right. Not a good time to make plans. I'm still making plans. Uh, crazy as it seems. Yeah. But I know, like every plan, every plan we make is tentative. You know. Okay. Um, possibly, yeah. well, in six in a year we could do this. Like maybe this could happen, but it. Yeah, really I know dep- the feeling. I mean, yeah. it's tough yeah. because it depends on, as everyone knows, it depends on so many things. And one one thing that we
2: did this year um, was we. I just got back from New Hampshire. I was there, uh, you know, the fall season in New Hampshire. My wife, uh, she has a business where she's a photographer, and she takes other photographers to new England and they get award-winning pictures and she's an amazing, uh, I guess you'd call her a tour guide. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she's been going back to new England for, you know, 20 something years. And this year, because of the COVID situation, you know, it's, it's not like there's a lot of people signing up to go out of town and, and go on trips. Um, so, you know, we decided to take our own little quarantining holiday, you know, and, uh, it was different because you know we weren't around people we would just go to our 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 hotel or wherever we were staying and Uh there was nobody on the streets. so it was really it was really kind of strange but um kind of beautiful too and uh anyway i got to see what she does over there so it's really cool because i never go with her on the on the new england trips oh that's nice that's that's is that her behind you
0: uh, can you see her? Does she know oh. she's in the shot?
2: This whole time? No, that's a keyboard right there on wall. No, no, the other <laughs> <side>. <laughs> Yeah, she, she's she's at her she's here. <laughs> she, she She's on oh, her st- she, is she listening to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> she's at her station. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's
0: great. You can't really in see her studio. much. It's faded in the back. No, it's, no, it's your assistant.
2: Yeah. Yeah, oh, she's she's But she's, well, that's she's, awesome. Then. I she's in she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um fallphototrips.com <laughs> very good there's a plug for you <laughs> uh, yeah nice i'll put it in the send
0: me the link i'll put it in the show notes yeah because i know yeah. someone she's, reads them occasionally i yeah i uh but sometimes leave but all kidding, in to see if all anyone. kidding
2: aside she, she's she's actually i'm 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 really uh proud of her 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 work she's amazing and uh she's really brought a lot of i think a lot of joy to a lot of photographers you know that's a uh, really awesome that, thing
0: to do yeah yeah the, those photo trips i've i've heard of those before that just sounds amazing like an amazing yeah. thing we just did our first but that, vacation but that
2: is probably the craziest thing you could say that we did this year is we actually flew somewhere and came back and um a little uncomfortable about it but um you know we're, we're not idiots we're gonna maintain a distance and wear our masks and you know mm-hmm. be safe as much as possible um uh but um, it's very difficult, very, very difficult to to make any plans under these circumstances, as we were saying. And, uh, you know, maybe after today, things will calm down. Be, uh, maybe the worst is to come. I I don't know. Right. I don't know what's going to happen? Yeah, I, we have no you know. idea. I mean, you yeah. know, I would uh, all of the we wanted to get home before the election, though, just in case. It's... Just in case there was some some something, something funky weird. at the airports or right. something, we just wanted to get our asses home. So we're safe. We boarded up the windows. You're, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, I mean, what about we you have, with Portland? I
0: mean, it's not exactly uh, Portland. I mean, is, Portland for I, one. I mean, Portland is a hundred miles from here. That's true. For two, yeah. three, four, and five, most of what's happening in Portland is being blown out of the like really blown up. Yeah, really I blown up I, I, yeah. I see They're people using who, it as a have, political they place. are using it yeah uh, a lot and if you there's many people I know who are from Portland and they put maps up to just show you what's going on. They'll put a map up of Portland, and then they'll put a little red line around where this stuff's actually happening. Mm-hmm. It's like a two yeah. or three block area downtown, which is like every city. Right. It's like in L.A. If there's a riot, it, well, well, actually, the the nowadays. riots here in
2: L.A. were were, were unfortunately. I, I wish I could say I, I wish I could say that for L.A. because they were they were all over the place. Oh, okay. They it, were they were in yeah. Santa Clarita, they were in Beverly Hills, they were downtown, and oh. and we're talking they were riots. So that's, all a, these
0: areas. that's a big difference because there are two two points there, and uh, this is maybe go, taking things too far. Don't listen to me; I'm just a podcaster. But one is ninety percent of the uh, what they started calling riots were peaceful protests, and right. as happens I in agree. L.A., yeah. I've seen it, witnessed it in L.A. It happens in Portland too. The police basically push for a riot. You know, they push real hard against the people that look aggressive. Mm-hmm. And they get things. Yeah, they, 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 they try get to rile them up. They try to they try rile, to rile them, up them up, and damned if it don't to, work. To, to, to,
2: it to works. Make, uh, I don't know. So if, if that's if that's you know, by policy or whatever. So th- I mean, people people have a right to uh, to be angry with the police department. I know? think they do. I think I, I think that. I mean, I I'm kind of on the
0: side of history where historically, yeah. the police department has is, is not been great. If you live in L.A., you know. I mean, the L.A. Right. Police Department is very close to the New York Police Department. They have not been kind gentle. You know, they are, no. they are yeah. trained to do things a very different way. They're also dealing with the population very different. I mean, they're, they're dealing yeah. with the serious drug traffickers. They're dealing with the serious gun traffickers. You know, it's not something that most places deal with, but it turns them into a a very, a very aggressive, very aggressive, yeah. very aggressive, overly aggressive. And there's, there's no reason, similar. I
2: still don't understand why there's any reason to shoot anyone or, or more more, more to the point. The car chases never understood that. Yeah, and it's you even, have helicopters, let them go now. You have drones, and you'll catch them when they're stuck. Yeah, you can follow <laughs> them with drones you, or cameras at this point, or, or that. there is no because reason when you, to follow them with a if car if you chase anymore. them. If you chase them, they're going to run, and that's when they're going to kill people. Yeah. That's Let when they run go. into
0: things. It makes some great news. Wait till news. they stop, yeah. and then go get them. And then go you get know?
2: them. You I, know, I never understood that. I, mean, I never, I just like, that doesn't make any sense. You've got yeah. millions of innocent bystanders that you're going to put in jeopardy for one guy that stole something. That or, stole or is, something. Or is, or is trying to, or he's got drugs, or whatever yeah. the hell he's doing. And it's just, I don't know. It, 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 There's not a lot of logic to some of the things that the police department does. It and makes, I can understand why so many people are are very are, are fed up,
0: you know. Yeah. Well, I especially understand it from um, different from uh, different sides of it because you and I yeah. honestly will be treated much differently by police Absolutely. than a lot of the yeah. and, than a lot of society, uh, and it, so yeah. it's and, you, you and, know and, it's harder for us to see. But I see it, and especially, I mean, to, to your point, Portland's over a hundred miles away, so we're pretty safe, yeah. Uh, yeah. and. Eugene well, just tried you... to be like Portland, because Eugene always wants to be like Portland. But it was a very <laughs> a small Portland. incident. and yeah. it very and it's kinda over. We'll see yeah. what happens today. Things could I mean we do see about... a lot of nuts nutso stuff here. Um, because the, the the scariest thing about Oregon, and I always knew this, but it was never out, out in the open like this. But there is a lot of, you know, serious uh I'll just call them terrorists. Domestic terrorism is strong mm-hmm. in Oregon, in all of Oregon, and so that's a little freaky. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, all through the country, we've had school shootings and and things like that uh, in recent times. So, I mean, you know, it, it, you, the last thing you want to do is give these people a soapbox, you right. know, uh, you know, to to, to to, you know, to dog whistle to them is ridiculous. It's scary. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not been done before. I mean, because this that is, element this, this that that elements always existed. That elements always existed. There's always going to be right. disgruntled people that think that think right. this or that. And the last thing you want to do as a responsible person is to you know amplify more violence. That just seems the <laughs> most the craziest thing about you know. today.
0: And by the way, it is the November third for anyone listening to this because it may not be out yeah. on the third. Uh, That's why we're having this discussion. The craziest thing I've seen is all the news saying, it's a historic day. This is a day of history. (laughs) Okay, they've never said that on November 3rd before. That's never been said. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's it's election day. It's It's historic in the sense that it's
2: never been 2020. (laughs) Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's That's the only difference. Well,
0: well, actually, yeah, we've had an election even during a pandemic before. No, I didn't even mean
2: that. But I just yeah. meant it's just 2020, it's and it's just, not 2019. Right, it's not. It, yeah. That's historic. That's historic. Uh, tomorrow will be historic because it's not the third. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It'll be the fourth, and who knows what'll happen that yeah, day? I don't know. Stuff. It's,
2: it's so let me ask you a question. Sure. So you got your drums back there. So what what are you working on these days? Or or or. Are you working on anything?
0: These days, I work on very little. Um, I've had a bunch of chronic pain issues, so it's been hard for me to play drums. So I do, I do what we were talking about. I put up YouTube videos. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I literally play around a little bit and occasionally put up solos on YouTube. And I do. Right. Um, I just did a review on this my on this stand. Because when I went to buy this podcasting stand, I couldn't find a review. So I said, well, I'll put one up. Because it's frustrating when you don't see anybody yeah. that's used it. And they're not cheap. So I was like, I want to, you know, I want to. That looks like a sure SM. This uh, is an SM7B. SM7B. I love it. Absolutely love it. I don't know that it's necessary because I already had, I have AKG 200. Oh, it's not behind oh, me yeah. today. But yeah. usually it's behind me. I use them for overheads. And uh, one of them went bad, so sense. I bought a 420, AKG 420, which I was really impressed with. I wasn't sure, but it's warmer. It's more like
2: that mic. Uh, and what the, mic is nice that you're mic. using? Yeah. I'm using a Rode NT oh, okay. um, gold. It series. sounds
0: great. To me, yeah, to my I, and well, I've got it going really nice. through
2: i have I have some light compression on it, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's I sing with this one, I have a couple of them, I use them for overheads, you do, and yeah. I use them for vocals, uh-huh. uh, and I use them for acoustic guitar, yeah, and, they're good, they're a nice uh, mic, they're yeah, I've got a bunch of great. uh condenser mics that um i just I just think that this is the best all around mic that mm-hmm. I, I so I just leave this one out. For for just this purpose, right? But I have a couple more, and and I use them for you know just various things. They're great, and, and I like using
0: too. the the um, SM7B because it doesn't. It's so much more direct. You know, it doesn't pick up anything but me, mm. and you get more yeah. of that radio voice if you get up on it and you want to do that thing. Right? You right. know, you get more. <laughs> <laughs> you get, yeah, get a little sexy more. Voice. Of that. It's KVW2. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> So it's nice, cool. and the stand yeah. is a what I just buy, Gator Frameworks. Um, really oh, yeah. sweet, so you can. You can
2: oh, how do cool! This and it just that's like a broadcast kind of. Yeah, situation. it's a
0: broadcast stand. It's stuck to my yeah. uh, desk, which is another nice thing. It stays. It's really out of the way when you're not using it. I was using a um, boom stand, and
2: it's kind of because yeah, like I have
0: me. a very small space. If I had a bigger studio, it wouldn't matter as much. But it's a very small space. Yeah.
2: Right, you, um, you end up kicking the, the, the legs on it. Right.
1: Yes. Constantly. Running it. like, if it I can knowledge. kick it, I will.
2: <laughs> <You know>? Exactly.
0: <laughs> if I can knock it over, it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. It damn right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, we should uh, probably wrap it up. We've been, Oh, wow. We've been going for a little while, having quite the
2: conversation. Holy, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even know when, well, I don't know when we started, but I know this will be one sizable file. It was a little while, it was a bit ago, a little bit ago. Wait, t-
1: yeah,
2: 120, 122.
0: 120. Well, 100. I, um, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been, an, uh, we barely even got into some of the questions I wanted to ask. Uh, I was going to ask like you. Like what? That. What did you miss? Uh, I mean, what did I, I miss? About- we talked about, oh, no, I guess we did. We did, I was just gonna yeah. ask you some more behind the scenes stuff about Survivor, but we got, we got to the good stuff. Because, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I like finding out how people are getting around the country and what gear they're taking, and we, we, got, right. we got into all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad That's you good. asked me that,
2: because um, I'm a gear nut. Mm-hmm. And what last thing I'll say is, you know, um, I feel really kinda lucky in a sense that I grew up in an era where analog was king and it was the switch to digital, and uh, so I, I, I have a good handle on both. I'm I'm really computer, uh, extremely com- you know knowledgeable techn- technology technologically speaking, mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I use all I use like, tons of stuff, everything from Omnisphere to you know uh, all my VSTs and everything. But I really love my my um, my you know my my real instruments. And uh, so I, I, I have a, a good sense of both. You know, I know a lot of guys that have, as they gotten older, they, they haven't gotten into, you know, I, I started with MIDI in 83, that? you know, before there was, before MIDI was even, um, universal among the keyboards. Oh, they right. They all had their own, they had their own proprietary connection. They had different, and I was like, imp- well, this is only good if I buy another Korg, you know. I completely
0: forgot about that. The, the, uh, the guy that taught me everything, or not everything, but mostly what I know about music, hey, John, how you doing? He, uh, he, he, asked, he gave me some of the questions that I asked today, but he is a total gearhound, and he taught me, um, I mean, I started out analog, and because of that, I could figure out the digital world so much better because right. especially Pro Tools is still. Because it's all modeled after It's them. all modeled after a real studio. You know, the exactly. board is, is modeled after the a- actual boards back in the mm-hmm. day, and now I have a digital board. It still but, uh, looks right. like, I mean, when you bring up the um, interface, it's still a board, and I'm just so thankful that right. I know what routing is. And Although that, it know. is calibrated differently. It is, know. that's true. Z- zero
2: is not the same as zero on an analog yeah, board. Yeah, and that so is and,
0: annoying. And,
2: yeah. That, well, it's not. It's it's a, I mean, you got really to you gotta you, get used to it. It's not really annoying if you if you're if you know it, you know, yeah. and, and you're just right. aware of it. But but right. um, yeah, there's 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 some major differences, but but the routing and things like that is very similar in uh, how you bust things and move things and and uh, anyway, I was just saying that um, earlier. I was just saying that that I I have a, a affinity to um, my piano and and the Wurlitzer and things like that because they I you know I have better sounding equipment mm-hmm. you know digitally and you could argue that they're more perfect but there's something about playing those instruments that um I don't know if it's if the history that comes with it um the fact that they're heavy and and that they they take up a footprint they sort of demand an energy that you know that software doesn't right right know? they're breathing you know they're we're, yeah. they're they're also um they're also responding to the environment because something real uh, physically is happening within the instrument and interacting with the air and in, in the room you're in. So there's just so many things that we're missing on our records these days because of that. you know, and I know you can grow up and never hear those things and still like the songs you like. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to change, but I, I just think that um, you know it's, it's the same reason why vinyl is is sort of making a, a resurgence.
0: It's you true. Know? I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I talk about it with friends of mine too. Um, coming from a, you know, someone who now can produce something in his bedroom and it sounds okay. The mm. the only way right now, the way I could make this drum set sound better to my, to me is put it in mm. a studio and put it through a Neve. Yeah. You know, right. Beyond an that. SSL or a Neve. Uh, yeah, yeah. SSL yeah. or something or, or a handmade board. And, you know, right. that's gonna make it sound better it'll right. sound better by or, like or three, maybe or well it'll sound better to right. you and i right yeah to you well, and i y- yes and no sound... i mean
2: well no i mean we could get we could get really kooky here i mean you know you take it to me you know Abbey stu Abbey road studios and use one of those drum rooms that george martin used i mean some of that you know goodly ghosty gooeyness is going to end up on that recording right know? right yeah that's what i, I think I, the, the I mean. walls the walls yeah. hold some kind of vibe energy or something and i don't know you could argue that it's not just all bullshit but but there is something to that i think mm-hmm. i think that um, structures and things that are because you're dealing with uh you're dealing with the physical environment you're not dealing with a represented environment. Oh 100 in, yeah cuz even you know cuz I mean? I've
0: brought drums I recorded drums in a studio here like the best studio in town that's that's done you know some famous recordings yeah. uh and I brought them in here and and then piled stuff on top of it and to me those drums just they because well because it's an acoustic room the room is tuned acoustically it sounds so yeah. much better but it's yeah. still I think I'm the one that notices the most you know cuz I've recorded yeah dozens of tracks in in here for other people. I I you know, I've recorded tons of uh mastered done mastering in here,
2: or parts of mastering and recorded and mixed. And yeah. um you know, I You know get- who's 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 crazy about this is uh Frankie Sullivan. We we had long t- conversations about how they recorded. You know, um, Can't Hold Back and some of these earlier songs, Mm -hmm. uh, some of their big hits. And a lot of times they would walk around the recording studio and find a better room that wasn't a recording room. They recorded uh, a couple songs in the kitchen of Rumbo because they liked the way, because they, you know, they were, they want, well, at least Frankie, I'm not so sure about Jim Peterick, but with regard to Frankie, he was more a Zeppelin guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he, 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 he was happy just put one microphone and let the band be right you know and so there's when you're dealing with uh, a physical environment it's where you are and where you place that is is everything that's part of your sound when you're dealing in an in a digital environment what you're doing is you're recording very very you know, very isolated and then you have to add in your your environment and that's that's so and you know, it's not intuitive. It's not intuitive and it's a lot
0: harder. I mean, that's what I struggle with the most because I I mean, I can get a decent sound in here. I've got, um, you know, I've got all this uh, stuff around to help. So it's not such a square room. But in order to, p- I still have to put it digitally, kind of put it in a studio, you know, and,
2: and that's what yeah. takes the
0: most time. Right, is figuring and you out have to re- what Right, and you, you have to rely,
2: good. you have to rely on the software engineers to hopefully recreate, you know, what nature does for us very easily. Right, and uh, yeah, you you know you could argue that you could create something that's never been heard before, and that might be an artistic. You know, piece. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're going for if you want to hear an instrument, I mean, if you listen to any of those great records, you know, Physical Graffiti or you know some old Stones records, Sticky Fingers or any of that stuff that was recorded, uh, you're not listening to drums. No. You're listening to the place,
1: because right? The place well, is
2: indel indelibly yeah. glued to that sound. Yeah. It, it is that sound. That's what I love about you know. And you're listening to the performer
0: too, because. Right, you know, right. it doesn't matter where you put them. It doesn't matter what drums they are on. No one's going to sound like Charlie Watts. No one's yeah. going to sound like uh, Bono, which I right. still to this day don't understand. People can play those beats all day long on the same kit. It won't sound like him. That's part of. I mean, that's right. I think part of the big magic of that one mic. Well, yeah, it was one mic on 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 Bono. It was. It was. You know, look at the drummer that yeah. was being Mike. They they put the mic <laughs> overhead, and that the was mic it on that guy. And yeah. you know, because I've played that I, the kits like he had the Ludwig Versa-like kits sound right. terrible. They they yeah. are not a great sounding kit, but the way he mm-hmm. hit. Sounded amazing, right? You know,
2: sounded yeah. Absolutely yeah. amazing, and and no click, uh, right? Well, that <laughs> yeah. that
0: you can hear, which I love. Yeah, I love where I mean, in s- I mean, many of you, those they you, speed up and slow down, and yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, just matter. listen to Black
2: Dog and yeah. tons of those tunes. You know that y- you can't follow them. The, 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 you had to be part of the the unit, right? That's what's so magical, and and I just think people, I hope people get back to that a little bit because that's that's what making music is. You know, it's 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 not about numbers. You know? yeah I mean, I guess it yeah. can be if you want to redefine it as that and yeah. I and there's always there's always going to be people trying to push the envelope of you know what the current tools can do today, you know, right but uh, th- there is something to be said about something real and I don't find that uh, I don't find that young people are that interested in playing an instrument anymore. They're more interested in creating mm-hmm. you know. There's no doubt about that. There's tons of people creating stuff, but no, but they don't need to learn an instrument to get whatever they're after, and that's a dying art, I think. You know. Well, I
0: hope you know. not. I mean, you, that might be true, but there's so many more of us every day that there. I, ho- I hope there's still a lot of yeah. kids that are gonna learn to play instruments because I, I mean, I used to, I'll, I'll say it again. I think everyone should have a drum set in their garage to bang on. You know, just for yeah. just to relieve tension, if nothing else, uh, it's it's just such a fun yeah. fun thing to do. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. It, it's. I know. It's so well, great. Well, you
2: know, actually, drums was my first instrument. Oh, I, okay. I'm not a drummer by any stretch of the match I can't mm-hmm. play. But um, when I was like six years old, I, they gave me drum lessons. My parents. Uh, I didn't stick with me, and then later on, I found the piano. Mm-hmm. And the piano is basically a percussive instrument. Oh, That's, right. It's right. It's, it's yeah. classified as a. Percussive instrument and B3, the organ, which I love to play, rock organ. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not necessarily a gospel player, but the rock kind of stuff where you're you're doing smears and move. Man, I just, I play keyboards like I play, like I would play bongos, you know? Yeah, right. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. And it, cause it's yeah. like that. So I, yeah, so yeah, I get yeah. to, I get to bang on things too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. The keyboard is a percussion instrument. Ah, oh, that's fun. And cool, I man. just, you know, I hope people are still. Going to be learning to play their instrument because that's so.
2: That that can't be a dying art. Uh, all, I'm not these, saying you know, that. All I these mean, young I mean, kids. Maybe, I, maybe I'm overreacting, but mm. it it feels it doesn't feel like. Um, I mean, if you if you if you're not, I mean, as a kid, you're not always patient. You know, that's that's yeah. not something kids kids are. No. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it, you learn patience, and so when you have these machines, basically that will, you know. That will write songs for you. That will put together chord changes for you. That that but will do all kinds of things. There's, you know, you still had to push the buttons, but I don't know where does the art end and where does it become somebody else's artwork? You know.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? It it's it's just it's starting to the the lines are kind of getting blurred. I mean, I mean, pushing the buttons is not necessarily the artwork. But it could be redefined as such. And, you know, it's uncomfortable. Well, it's interesting because as we talk about this, something
0: that comes to my mind is maybe it'll be like everything else. You were talking about how vinyl is back in now. Maybe studios will come back because a lot of big artists and, you know, older artists are still going into really expensive studios to record their stuff where they they could record at home. They have amazing studios, but they still go to the nice studios. So maybe there'll be like a renaissance of yeah. studio recordings and people wanting to go would into that. the studio yeah. and, and get that sound. Yeah, that would I be I guess it's kind of like cool.
2: I guess it's like kind of going to the gym. I mean, you can work out at home. You don't even need equipment. But there's something about going to a professional gym that puts you in a mindset like I'm not spending all this money to walk out with nothing. You know what I mean? Yes. So. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the Jack Black brought that start.
0: you know, went that direction um he always wanted to record in studios and leave mistakes mm-hmm. in and, and still does and so there there yeah. are some out there like that it's just it's it's not so much in pop music but it's still out there and all the the country artists still use studios big time i mean you know yeah they're still well, the on nashville a, yeah, yeah
2: yeah yeah been so you're not you're not performing at all though. I mean, obviously not this year, but I mean, right? You're not playing at all. No, I haven't for We're, a while
0: because I. Mm. It was mainly because of pain issues, but I'm, yeah, I'm, it's better now. So I'm. I now I kind of put my feelers out now and again. It's a very small town, so I, yeah. And I'm, uh, you know, very um, uh, cynical about who I want to play with at this point. It's like I. I don't blame. I've spent you. a lot of years yeah. Yeah. on the drums, so I want to play with decent people. Yeah, and so that, and it's that's slimmer Pickens where you are, I'm sure. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm yeah. saying without trying to insult yeah. the entire music community of, of Eugene.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you it's, live there, it's I don't. slimmer Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very tactful a, way of...
2: <laughs> it's not slim Pickens. it's just a little slimmer. It's a little slimmer. <laughs> <laughs> and slim can be good, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Everybody wants to slim, slim down, so... Slim can be good, yeah. Can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just hope that COVID, um, you know, ends. Obviously, we all hope it ends soon, but, uh, I'm actually at a very strange time in my life because, uh, I've never, never not had a gig, you know? Right. I've, every, that's what I do. Uh huh. And, uh, I, I, not only was Survivor's tour canceled this year, but I'm in two other bands that tour almost as much as they do. And, um, they're off the table right now. They're off the table. Well, know.
0: what about in when you're able? Are they still? Um, are you still connected to them? Were that still? Oh yeah, pick back up. Yeah. when you're able. But uh,
2: I'm talking about you know on a a typical year, I probably would play 200 shows oh, wow. a year. Yeah, you know with yeah. different people. You know, mm-hmm. I, Survivor might do 60 or 40 or 30 or whatever they do, but the other the other bands, you know. Would, would travel and, and do stuff too. So that's all off the table at the moment. I mean, we have like a, a sporadic, you know, gig at the Canyon Club or something in a parking lot or a Zoom thing, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, it's just yeah. not It's not not the same. same, you know. It's not. No, no. Because, you know, I mean, you always hear, you always hear musicians bitching about and moving their gear. Bullshit. I enjoy it i do it anyway Mm -hmm. you know i yeah i have a road crew with survivor but with my other bands i move my own gear and there's something very uh um rewarding Um, Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not saying i wouldn't mind help you know it would be nice to have a couple roadies doing it and have it all set up especially when you're tired and you're done but for the most part you know um for some of the bands i play with my rigs very complex it's a combination of 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 real instruments and digital instruments, and so it's all, you know, there's a lot going on. And, uh, you know, it gives me a chance to sort of, you know, it's like a race car driver that's working on his own engine.
0: Right. Uh, oh yeah, it's, it's true, I bitch about my gear at least half the time that I move it, um, you know, about setting up and tearing down, back when I was doing that kind of thing. Um, but I do, occasionally I would step back and say, well, if I really hate it so much, why did I become a drummer? I mean, there, there's something about exactly, that kit, yeah. you know. I still have yeah. a love for the the drums, yeah. the acoustic drums, because I could get an electric kit, you know. I, I yeah. could move a lot I, less gear, so there must be something about right. it that I, mean, I do there's, enjoy. There's priorities. Yeah. You have priorities. Right. Now,
2: some people's backs right. is the priority, and I get yeah. that. But but my point was it's a visceral thing, you know. It, yeah. It, it's, yeah, I, yeah. I I I know I, I was just trying to relate it to the fact that in this pandemic situation we're in, I, I even missed setting up the gear. I miss it. You know, I I miss the, the the, the, you know, the winding the cables, whatever it is, you know, it's all part of the experience for me. So, um, you know, it's what I've done my whole life. And so it's, it's very, very frustrating to not know what this industry is going to look like when we emerge from this. You know, yeah, it is. It's,
0: it's, um, <laughs> I do know. I do know it's got to it's really hard when you, I mean, for every anyone who had any kind of job, but your kind of job is very unique. And there's a lot of people mm. in your situation that, you know, were doing what you do, um, on every level that it just, yeah, suddenly you just mm. can't do it anymore. Uh, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, even, you know, for, uh, even for a podcaster, <laughs> I started out doing, I would move the, I would have my podcast right here. So you're face to face. You have two people in a room. Whole different thing. Oh, right. Than right. being on a yeah. Zoom call. Now, the Zoom call has opened up the opportunity to talk to, like, I don't know, the keyboard More player people. from Survivor. Yeah. You know, which right. <laughs> which would have been tough before I was, the way I was doing it before. But I could have caught you coming through. You know, I literally right. could have said, sure. hey,
2: if you're anywhere
0: near here, come
2: on by. Well, Let's sit down. Is- So Isn't isn't a conversation face-to-face with somebody in the same room similar to analog recording? Uh, Yes. And and doing what we're doing here is still effective, but there's something missing. Yes. At least from, there's information that's having to be sacrificed.
1: For the sake of a conversation,
0: because we're looking at
2: each other through
0: a digital device, and you know we're looking at each other. Even though I like my digital device that I'm currently using, it's the worst camera that I have. But it, it's, still, yeah, right. it, it's, yeah. it's it's weird, you know? It, it's not yeah. like sitting across from you and no. being able to offer you a cup of coffee or a beer or something before it's, we start, and,
2: and you know, right. having that. Conversations are just different. Yeah. And, in, and in, in, a, in an era, in a, hopefully a short era, where people are being forced not to, um, really n- not, not to connect in a physical way uh, that's a big part of who we are as human beings, you know, and it's, that's it's a big part of how we socialize, how we, how we grow, how we evolve and, and communicate. And, um, you're basically, you know, you're, you're for, you're, you're kind of compromising. You have to be compromising for safety, per, you know, reasons, but you don't notice it until you, till you take it away. And then all of a sudden it's like. What what a plastic society this is! You know, we're all feel something's <laughs> missing. It's, you know, it's everything true. feels like there's this thin veneer of, of fake. You know, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. yeah, very good point. I don't want this to as be normal. I yeah. I don't mind if it's a choice mm-hmm. every once in a while, but to be normal would be, I think, uh, I think we it would definitely change us as humans.
0: It won't be the. It's not the new normal. I, I'm I'm sure of that. I'm sure that the you know we will be able to. um I, I mean, it, it, worst case scenario, we will make bigger pods. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it won't just be two people in the house. It'll be 20. Right. But the, your neighborhood will right. be included in your circle, right. whatever, whatever right. it is. Right. And people are starting to do that already, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I just had a visit with both of my sisters and it was really weird because, you know, we all, we w- we were all traveling. So we all had to kind of keep our distance and not do what you would right. normally do. It was very strange. But yeah. And the di- the the cues you get uh, from a real person in a room aren't the same as on the uh, on the Zoom call. It's just not the same no. cues. You yeah. know? So your your conversation right. is going to be slightly different, and the name of the podcast. Well, we didn't
2: we didn't evolve this way, right? And the yeah, name of we, the podcast we evolved the other way. Were you, you still <laughs> talking?
0: That means so it's people talking over each other sometimes, right? You well, can't the really latency there can be Zoom. latency. That, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it yeah. doesn't work as well.
2: No, it's better in a, in a room if you're gonna talk over each yeah. other. Yeah, there's a couple of these uh, companies that have tried to do um, online band rehearsals. Oh, really? It, it, they're not doing so well. The latency is ridiculous. Everybody right. has to be in the same city, at least in the same city. Otherwise, the latency's you know gets greater the further away you are from the participants. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, music is music is so. So um, perfect for this description because it, it illustrates the fact more than any other art form, I think, uh, just how connected we are as humans. Because in order to play music with another person, I have to be in sync with them in some way. And that's a very immediate, it's a need to be, it's that, that, that uh, need to be in sync and on time is is primary otherwise you're playing on your own and I'm playing on my own and we're not making something we're just you know two two roads that are going in different directions and so you know latency is the death of of bands of music of of tracks you know and uh, nothing illustrates that horror show more than COVID you know cause right. We, right we're, we're screwed yeah <laughs> yeah
0: it's hard it's 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 true, totally true. Yeah, man.
2: Well, I look but, forward to the days getting back out. It's for sure, and it will happen.
0: It will happen. I I would uh, I hate to predict when, but the 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 actual scientist that I listen to, I'll mention John Campbell again for anyone who wants some real science. John Campbell's an internet show from the oh, UK. Oh, I gotta check it out. John, what Campbell. kind of scientist is he? He is. Um, He's a—I uh, forgot what level, but he's a, nur- a teaching nurse, basically, and he—he he, um, has a doctorate in teaching. So he has taught medicine, medical practices for years and years and years. And his YouTube show before this was just telling people about different medical things, about you know different research, basically. So since this has happened, every single day he goes on and he compiles all of the research that's been happening. Um, and tries to break it down, so it'll be a different subject every day. The UK will be a subject, and he'll actually break down like all the different cases. And here's what we're finding out about about this, and here's what we're finding out about that. And you find out interesting things like eighty percent of the eighty percent of people who have been hospitalized with COVID had low vitamin D rates. Things like yeah. this, and this is world. We've wide. been taking vitamin D supplements. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Yeah. And and uh, he just he talks about a lot of different stuff about it he's been on a lot of different shows in the UK when they want you know they'll bring it he's one of those experts they bring on but he not only disseminates all this out. information but he puts it there so it's like this is where I got this if you actually right. want to go read this really boring yeah. paper it, it's here right right there and he, right. and he says like don't take my word for it it's right here so right. I like that in, and also, in
2: the peer review, peer review peer reviewed documentation right he pulls it out and yeah yeah exactly that's and great. that's what he waits yeah. for is stuff that's it's Take,
0: ov- obviously takes a while because people don't get that the science doesn't happen overnight so no, it's hard no. for anyone to know about what's this particular thing and I also yeah. listen to Fauci or Fucci or however you yeah. say his name I still uh, think that he's trying to get out good information and right. you know try and listen to people but yeah. a- those people have said since March that it would probably be same, next yeah. spring they've yeah. been saying the same thing yeah, we're, yeah uh, that's true. You know, we're working it's harder a, than
2: we've ever worked on a vaccine e- ever, and But you're not you know, gonna you're not gonna rush a vaccine that you're gonna pump into people, right? Uh, you know, without it being tested, and and you know, let's be honest. Yeah, that takes time. That takes
0: time, and that's that's what I think you know? people don't quite get, and it, it's scary. Uh, I mean, even the flu the flu vaccine currently is 50 percent effective, because the flu is a right. very tricky animal. Um, right. So that's what's tough. It's like e- right. even if this comes out
2: then what? Uh oh man. Yeah, well, yeah. it's quite a road. I'm, it's uh, sorry. It, what I'm sorry. what we really need well, <laughs> if not if not a vaccine, I'm actually not counting on a vaccine mm-hmm. so to speak. I mean, eventually probably. But what what I'm more hoping or willing to believe is that there'll be treatments. Kind of like what with AIDS. I mean, it's not the death sentence it was at one time. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not dangerous and I certainly wouldn't want it, but, um, they still don't have a cure for it, but you don't hear as many people falling over from, from dying from it. They li- they learn to live with it with a, a, a boatload of drugs and treatments. Um, you know, COVID might end up in that. In that camp, we don't know. That's a really good point because, um, yeah, AIDS, your life expectancy
0: with AIDS is a lot, 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 lot longer than it was um, 20 years ago. I mean, it's, oh it's extreme. It was a death sentence in the 80s. Was, right. it, it you, you're going to be sentence. dead in six months. Yeah. That was it. There was, that was nothing. You know? And even in this seven months, COVID has been, uh, there's been a better life. and There's less people dying from it. Um, yeah, there's almost there's, as many people going down. to the hospital, but there are less people dying from it because they're already trying to starting to figure out Well, for one, they're not as crowded, Um, but they're also figured out in all different countries, uh, different things that are working for uh, for treating it. So that you're right about that. That's that's one of the best things is that. So I
2: I think that a lot of people forget or at least they don't they don't say is that, you know, getting back to normal isn't so much about, uh, you know, a vaccine. It's it's about confidence. And, um, cause nobody's going to go to a show or go, you know, do the things they did if they weren't feeling, if they don't feel confident right, that they're not going to get sick or that they're not going to have a problem. Yeah. And, um, that confidence, it doesn't come back just because we have a vaccine. It's, it's true. It's you know, true. It, I mean, well, so that's the it,
0: crazy thing about our current situation in the United States. You can shut States. it off,
2: but turn it back on is
0: going to take a while. It's going to take a while. And, and, you know, it, it's, It's possible that with, you know, with good procedures, you could do anything right now, right this, you know, today. But Mm -hmm. people won't agree with that. They won't agree with what's safe and what's effective. So that's really hard. So even if we could get to that point, which seems even less likely, but even because there are countries that have almost defeated it um, because they're a different type of society. And, and, you know, everyone will follow the procedures that are laid out. They
2: they don't. They don't have a bill of rights. So, well, there's that. You know? Yeah, they don't have a bill of rights. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it. But you yeah, know, that, that. that's
0: a whole that's a whole thing too. Because we have a bill of rights, you still have to wear seatbelts. So are you going to get a ticket?
2: You well, know? yeah, we but, but you, there, you know, there are things, things for the greater good. I mean, right. You know, we're we're regardless of how big this country is, that's our biggest problem is that there's just a lot of people with in different in different um, regions with different specific problems to those regions. Mm-hmm. And so there's no panacea, there's no one fix-all. Right. And True. we always try to, to lay the Constitution on top of the entire country and, and sometimes it, it's perfect and sometimes it's not so perfect. Some, yeah, and, and so there has to be a, a, a sense of responsibility that has to be ingrained in everyone, wherever they are, to understand that sometimes, you know, sometimes certain things are better for the greater good and sometimes they're not. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. where we draw that line is the hardest thing, I think, for modern Americans to, to get their head around.
0: It's the hardest thing for modern Americans. Yeah. Back in 1940, 1942, every American, almost, actually not everyone, yeah. but most Americans no. were on the same. Yeah. They had the same idea. You know, they, they yeah. were going to do anything they could do. To defeat this enemy across right. the water, It was the war effort. It was the you know? war I mean, effort, and that's where yeah. we are now. But no one we agrees on that. what should be yeah,
2: done for this right, war effort, right? Right? Because right. like they're too mired too down and taking their 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 rights away, right? You know? it's like, well, it's a, I don't yeah, know. I mean, too, sure, there's there's a time to ring that bell. You bet. I'm not sure, sure. I'm not sure this is it, though. I mean, you know, because there is. You want to talk the economy? You want to talk. Uh, you don't want to talk getting back to normal, you want to talk about evolving and growing and learning and going back to school, you gotta, you got to get rid of this disease first. Right. That's really the only thing stopping everything from moving forward is this. Yeah. I mean, It's the only even, thing we should be discussing. Uh, we're even trying to go
0: back. Not tr- us. We but. try to go back to school in uh, all three states, Washington, Oregon, California, and it's yeah. not working. I mean, nope. we might have to. To reverse,
2: kids reverse are now getting course. sick, and it, yeah. yeah, kids are starting to get sick. On uh, yeah. what did they say? 60,000 <laughs> kids were reported with positive tests just this week. Wow, in the country, yeah. you know. Uh, so obviously, you know, um, and that's not even getting it, it,
0: in, into the whole, um,
2: the whole what's
0: it called? The, the disease changes because it's, the herd mentality, uh, no, the disease change it, it, uh, not more mutations, muta- yeah. It's still oh, mutating muta- because yeah. it's new in humans. It, right, you know, it's not it's lived fighting... in a people before, well, so it's going. Well, hey, if I do this, I might work better yeah. and then kill more well, people. Well,
2: there's also another <laughs> factor, and <laughs> uh, oh, actually, it's not a it's not a living thing. It's 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 a biological. Um, you know, it's a virus, so it's right. not actually alive. Right, it's a pro- it's like fire. Uh-huh. Fire is not actually alive. It's a pro. It's a. It's a. You know. It's. It's. It's a chemical reaction. And the virus is basically the same kind of analogy. It's. It's not a living organism. You can't kill it. You can just. You can remove. You can destroy the materials it's made out of. But it's not living. It's not like looking. It just. It's. You know. So there, it's a kind of a weird thing to get your head around. And the other thing is is that they found from what I've read is that it's, it's not so much that the virus exists. It's how it's, it's, um, it's how dense, how much of it in can overwhelm your system. Right. So you might, you might, someone might cough near you and maybe you get a couple nanoparticles. You'll never know. Mm -hmm. And your body will pass them through and destroy them because it's not overwhelming the system. It's when you're around a lot of people that could potentially be infecting you, um, that's when you have a problem because your body hasn't figured out how to fight uh you know the the infection when it's over a certain threshold and that threshold is different for different people
0: for different people
2: and we haven't quite figured so out what
0: that threshold is no. which is also yeah. different well there's it, exactly so it's
2: that. it's a moving target yeah. you know and uh it's uh you know man eh, it sucks it sucks <laughs> it sucks <laughs> so in conclusion everyone, <laughs>
0: everyone
1: so on those words COVID I leave you sucks. it sucks <laughs> enjoy your day so <laughs> <laughs> oh man
0: okay well let's <laughs> listen, Jeffrey this has been a, uh, an amazing Jeffrey Jeff what do you going know it? <laughs> uh, Jeff is fine Jeffrey this, is, uh, this has been an amazing conversation. I think I've kept you uh, long enough, just about. Um, I could go on. Oh, and, I, I enjoyed it, man. You know, good. I,
2: I had a good time. I mean, good. I mean sure, we could talk about all kinds of things. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we could go uh, on a time. The time. But, it, but it was
0: a lot of fun, so thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, you've been listening to... Were you still talking? This is Joel Albrecht, and on the show today, I've had Jeffrey Bryan... Who's a composer, producer, sometimes actor from long ago, (laughs) keyboard player for Survivor. Failed actor. (laughs) Failed actor. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, And everyone, be good to each other. And as I am saying these days, be good to yourself. That's
2: it. All right. Awesome. Let me me stop the... Should I stop this recording? Yeah, Yeah, you don't need any.